Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, welcome to the show today. I'm excited to be here and chatting with you once again, as always. Um, Today we are revisiting an old topic, but looking at a new subject matter, but uh, kind of looking at some things we've talked about before on the podcast, Um, but I'm going to revisit a little differently. So anyways, before we jump into that, um, again, I would love to direct your attention over to our website, where currently we have uh, three weightlifting programs up on our website for sale. Um, These programs are designed to address specific issues, whether you have uh, a need to increase your pressing strength. Uh, we have a shoulder-focused, pressing-focused uh, workout. We have a back-focused workout and a leg uh, squat-focused. So all of these um, are still within the bounds of, of, of an Olympic lifting program in that all the classic lifts are there throughout the entire program, um, but just our assistance work and some of our main um, order of exercises might be changed based on what the Um, overall goal is. So these are meant for short, maybe six to eight week blocks uh, to work on specific uh, deficiencies in your Olympic lifting. Um, So check those out if you're interested. Also, don't forget about our online training options. So if you are listening to this and you are not in Greenville and cannot come into the Upstate Performance Project, we do offer a whole host of variety uh, of options, I should say, for our online personal training. In fact, in the last week since um, the last podcast, um, we've gotten two new um, online clients. And and that kind of is the segue into what we're talking about today. So, gosh, probably a year ago, um, right, right before the beginning of the pandemic, um, you know, I had taken on a a little bit of a project. I wanted to keep you guys updated on how we grew or we're going to grow our online presence and uh, online personal training that I should say more specifically. And in that, uh, over a couple episodes, we're given updates and about what we were doing. And that was about a two month process. And then what happened was coronavirus. And although a lot of people did go online fully, we had to shift gears in order to keep our physical space open uh, safely. And that kind of took all of our focus. And so our online, although we did do a lot of online, what we ended up doing was training our current clients who normally would come in, who are now not coming into the physical gym. They were at home. So we were giving them equipment, renting out some equipment to them. We were... um, doing body weight circuits. We were doing all kinds of things. We were training them live over Zoom. We did everything we could to keep our current roster intact. So I didn't spend a lot of time going after new clients. Um, Just didn't have the time to do it. So we're kind of regrouping, looking at that again, something that, oh, maybe maybe three or four weeks ago, uh, we sat down for a meeting um, at a nice local brewery eight state brewing um, just down the street from the gym one of our favorite spots they got great sandwiches and good beer it's uh, uh, a 
maybe 200 yard walk from the gym. So we like to have our business meetings there on Saturday afternoons uh, when the weather is nice, sit outside. Uh, anyhow, we were talking about what we wanted to do, how we wanted to proceed and go forward. And, and the big thing that kept coming up was going back to our online personal training uh, for a number of reasons. Um, the first and foremost is, you know, it will allow us to work remotely um, wherever we need to be. Um, as many of you know, I do travel often uh, to see my children and that is not ever going to change uh, and obviously I want to do that as much as possible but we have responsibilities here to our clients and responsibilities to our um, uh, open gym members you know to keep this gym going so we now we've we've hired a new gentleman Jamie uh, and James from formerly of Lions Roar uh, CrossFit now uh, he's coaching and leading the team Greenville Weightlifting. Those two gentlemen have joined our team here and are uh, doing great. And so we feel that now it's time to focus back on getting our stuff online back up and running. <laughs> Lack of a better term. So what I was what I was seeing, you know, I, I did a little bit more research, just kind of see th how things were going in the world of online training. Um, you know, there had been a, so many things about doing Zoom training and doing this and doing that with, with the pandemic that the landscape of online personal training seemingly had changed a little bit. So I just wanted to look and see what was different, what was being done, what was not being done. And the biggest thing uh, that I think has exploded, and I think this is a good thing, um, is the use of certain apps, uh, apps like Train Heroic or True Coach. Um, tribe fit there's a there's a bunch of them out there that that are all good um, platforms to put your programs on so if I if I've got a client in Kansas and I want to train them there they can get on my app uh, or my page on under the true coach app I can even brand it to have my logo on there but what I do is I can upload videos uh, they can you know the, the workouts there they can click on a video if they don't understand and so on and so forth and train them that way. And it's slick, it's nice, it's one easy area. Um, they don't require the use of Excel worksheets and things like that, which not everyone is uh, keen on using. Now, this is exactly what I wanna talk about today. Uh, I'm going back to a topic that we talked about a long time ago. Um, I was discussing a book, one of my favorite books um, that I had to read. And you guys know I'm not a uh, <laughs> I'm not a fiction reader. I love nonfiction. I love technical manuals. I like how-to books. I like self-help books. I like uh, biographies, history books. Those are the kind of things that that I really love to read. And one of the things in my studies that I was asked to read for a class and end up being one of my favorite books I've ever read was called The Design of Everyday Things by Donald Norman. Donald A. Norman. And in this book, it's the whole purpose of this book was to look at how things are designed and presented in the world. Are they intuitive? Do they make sense? Do people know how to use them? What constitutes a good design? And without getting too in depth, because the book is quite thick, uh, very interesting book. But one of the things that it, you can boil it down to is a good design would be something that anyone can just walk up to and use without any prior knowledge of what it's for, what it does, 
or what those buttons may 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 do. Uh, so it should be something that's not overly complicated with a million instructions and a million buttons and a million whatever, but it should also not be so simple that you don't even know where to start. So it's got to have a good mix of things. And so when I was looking at a lot of these apps, trying to decide if that's the route I wanted to go, if I wanted to buy an app by the service to host my online training, what was the best one? What was I looking for? What did I really want to accomplish? And what makes it unique? What makes my, say say I used True Coach, and this is not a slam on True Coach. It's just, it's one that I do have experience with and one that I know um, some of our other trainers uh, use extensively and they love it. Uh, one of the things that you can do there is, um, you know, uh, if I if I wanted to put a, um, a video of myself performing a lift, that's maybe a non-traditional lift, I can do that. That's awesome. That's a good thing. The one thing that a lot of these apps don't allow you to do or, or don't have the ability to do is is really get um, the coaching aspect of it held with inside the app itself. And so you're still having to use two or three different medium. And, and so I started thinking, well, if that's the case, then the way I have things set up already for my online uh, tracking is, is actually relatively compact and concise. But I still needed a better, slicker looking delivery method. And I think I've found it. Something we used a while ago that, that did work um, and I've come back to it. it. It works every time. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But the whole point of, of looking at all of these different apps was to find the one that fit what I needed to do. Um, I wanted to have my own exercises on there, the ability to put that on there. Some have a bank of, of videos, which is great, but I, I just thought it looked better to have my videos with me or my clients inside my gym. Uh, I thought that looked better than just canned stocked photos or being able to click and re reference a YouTube video. Now, there's a million YouTube videos out there that are really good quality, really good technique videos that I would highly recommend anyone to go look at. But again, just from a branding standpoint, if they're paying me for my services, I want it to be my advice and my coaching in my gym. Everything is representative of the Upstate Performance Project. That should make sense, right? So that limited some. So that took some of those um, apps off the table. And I started thinking, again, going back to this book, um, after reading this book, I've, I really looked at just about everything, um, whether it be a marketing um, campaign or an actual device or, or piece of equipment through the lens of this design, um, uh, design of everyday things book, this kind of manual about how to how to design things, but more or less how to intuitively look at something and deconstruct and see if this is going to be useful or not in a quick glance. So when you're putting something together, you, there are a few things that you have to consider. Now here, I'm going to be using the, the delivery system of online personal training as my, as my subject matter. Um, and just to kind of look at this as objectively as possible. Again, I'm not trying to rate any of these um, current program or current apps that are out there. I think they're all good in their own right. And I think 
the app in general is is a very good idea and if you're not tech savvy at all get one of these apps <laughs> it will be a lifesaver <clears throat> rather than trying to create something on your own now again a little unique to uh, our situation is my PhD work is in educational technology uh, was designing technology to evaluate human movement so this this is kind of right up my alley so again I I do have some some skills in that area you know that most probably don't um, in the personal training space so you know I was always looking at it versus what could I create myself versus what's already out there um, so looking at some things so you have to think about anything anything that you're gonna look at whether it's an app that you're gonna use or a physical piece of equipment you have to consider a few things you have to look at it as if you were the user what is going to make this process a lot better or the best experience the user could get so a few things you know we've always talked about um you know just on websites alone just a straight website the fewer clicks the better if you can get all your information in one or two clicks you're great anything more than three clicks people lose their attention and I can look back over the neck over the last three and a half years of our website our, our website has gone through one major you know facelift um, but the structure of our website has always been the same we just you know polished it up a couple years ago in fact it's it's a drastic need for an update just with pictures but the layout itself and the functionality of the website I will not change and I'll tell you why because it is extremely user-friendly. We have all of our prices on there. We have all the information right there on the front page. All you have to do is scroll down. You don't even have to click. Now, everything that's on that page that you can scroll down has a clickable option at the menu on top, But it, and, and there's plenty of others that aren't on the main page, but all the stuff that most people would want to know about us is right there. Our blog's on there, our prices are on there, Our um, some of our you know news, like, our online tracker where they can download that all of those things are done right away boom right there and you don't have to fish around so if you're if someone's shopping around for gyms and they look at our website we've gotten a lot of feedback over the years about how people all things considered not knowing which was a better gym or which was who was better trainers or whatever our our website gave more information up front they felt they had a better choice a more knowledge to make a choice they felt comfortable they came to us and i'm very proud of that very very proud of that because that was intentional and it worked so looking back at some websites that are intentionally hiding information what happens is you have to call and make an appointment uh, chelsea and i right now are planning our wedding uh, I, I shouldn't say chelsea and i chelsea's planning our wedding and um one of the things that she's finding frustrating is a lot of these venues that we're looking for for the reception um all are beautiful all are nice but none of them have pricing available on their website and so the reason they do that is so that you call them or you send in your email or whatever and then they get you on their mailing list and again that's a way to get them and get you into a click funnel but a lot of times consumers get frustrated with that and if i look up one say you know country farm venue for my wedding versus another and one gives me all the pricing and it just happens to be in my price range and the other gives me an option to call or email or set up appointment times and things like that 
all things considered, all things equal, I'm going to go with the one that I know the more information about. That I didn't have to go digging. I didn't have to spend time trying to figure this out. So when we take this idea back to a personal training, online personal training app, um, again, if you're designing one or, or designing your layout, designing how you're going to deliver it, you want to make sure that your clients are going to easily be able to interpret the information you're trying to give them. So for example, if you used any of these options, you want to make sure that when your client clicks on something, that there are some assumptions being made. And these assumptions are what Norman uh, in his book referred to as constraints. So there's different kinds of constraints that people run into all the time. Physical constraints, semantic restraints, cultural restraints, and log logical constraints. So all those, you know, basically make sense right off the bat. In other words, you know, if something, <clears throat> if you can't understand how things physically go together, how to physically work something, it's going to be hard to move past that first spot. In other words, if that's the first thing people encounter are these constraints on how it's supposed to go, then it's going to be really difficult for them to proceed in anything you want to do. It's kind of like if you are reading and you read a word that you don't understand, but you try to keep going and think maybe I'll, I'll understand it based on the context of the rest of the sentence. And you think you know what that word means, but you don't have a full understanding. You didn't take the time to go look it up. Well, okay. Nothing, nothing against that author using that word, but if it's trying to paint a, a, a lovely narrative and a um, fiction, fictional story, then that's one thing. But if they're trying to teach you something, they should probably use language that's not highly technical, right? So you don't cause those roadblocks. That's a physical constraint. Um, he gives in his book a a um, a. Uh, uh, example of putting together a Lego motorcycle with, you know, a few pieces. If, if you didn't know what a motorcycle was and you didn't know what Legos were, could you still take this Lego motorcycle that was disassembled and put it together? And the answer is most likely yes, because there's only certain places where certain pieces can go. There were only a handful of pieces that could be uh, interchanged. And then based on some other constraints, you would know where to put those based on other things. So, for example, that, that would be a physical constraint. Um, if there was if everything was interchangeable and anything could go anywhere, the person would have no idea how to create a motorcycle because they don't even know what a motorcycle is. But in this case, someone could take that and just by the physical how these pieces physically fit together, they could probably put together that motorcycle uh, accurately. Um, now there were some also some other restraints that they they talked about, um, like semantic uh, restraints. Uh, so, for example, in this motorcycle case, they talked about you know which which uh, <laughs> which way does the rider sit on the motorcycle, forward or backward, because it comes with a little man. Well, again, knowing that. The, this is the front of the vehicle once put together the person should you know be facing that way uh it, you know it's just is that the way it can go um there's really only one place to put him and it's right there on top of the motorcycle facing that way so again it comes down to only two orientations so they logically or not logically they semantically get it to that point where you 
even if you didn't know what a motorcycle was and you had a person in this two th this thing on two wheels, you would know that the, the person rides on top of it based on how it looks and, and just the, you know, the semantics of it. Then he talks about, um, you know, logical constraints and, and cultural constraints. And these are things like, um, you know, based on our culture and the culture we live in, we, we operate a certain way. Um, there's certain like hand gestures that we use here in, in the United States that in other cultures would be offensive. Um, and so those, those kind of cultural, uh, understandings allow us to operate freely without having to know full instruction. So if we go in this, he gives an example, if we go to a brand new restaurant, we, even if we don't know what kind of food they are, you know, even if the, the, the menu is written in a foreign language or, uh, you know, it's a new fusion kind of food and we don't know what to expect. And it's, it's a family sit down style versus a sit at your own. We basically understand how to go into a restaurant. We know we go in, we sit down, someone comes and talks to us. We give them our order for the food. They can help us make that choice. And that's how it operates. It may be different in other cultures. So if we went to another culture, some of our practices may be different. But again, assuming your audience is a in a particular culture, those kind of design things should be intuitive. Um, so for example, he used for his the Lego motorcycle in, in our um, society, um, where to put the, the lights on the motorcycle. The tail lights, the red we associate with stop, that would be on the back, that's the brake. We know that, okay? A headlight, you know, which is yellow or white, um, would go on the front to illuminate what's in front of us. So we put that Lego piece on the front of the motorcycle. So that's our culture. We just know that because that's how our cars are designed. Um, now, the the last thing he talks about, logical constraints. You know, where, where do things go logically? How do we do things logically? Well, if in this case, he talks about putting the blue light on top, e even if we didn't know that police, you know, had blue lights, or even if in other cultures, police used, you know, let's say orange lights instead of, you know, red and blue lights, then logically, we would still know that that piece goes on top because there's no other place for it. The tail light goes on the back because that's red, that's stopped. The, the yellow light goes on front, that's the, the light to illuminate. So this other light has to go, this is the only other physical constraint. This is the only other physically physical place you can go. And logically I can understand that this goes on top. Um, so again, these this design is, is very basic, but it's also pretty intuitive. People can understand how to put this motorcycle together even if they've never seen a police motorcycle before or know what a motorcycle is. So getting back to our um, um, <laughs> sorry, I just got a text from my daughter asking about online training. How, how appropriate is that? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, anyways, I love it. Um, if, if, um, if we look at designing your own or picking your own in this case, if you're not someone who's going to design it, picking your own, um, vehicle to, to deliver your online personal training, it would behoove you to look at it in the eyes of your client. So if you click on it, do you know where to go to get the workout? Do you intuitively know where to go to find a video demonstration? 
again, if there's a drop down menu for everything, maybe that works, or maybe a lot of them have clickable links. So it says bench press. And if you click on the actual words bench press, because now we know that if it's underlined or in a different color, that could be a hyperlink or a link to the video description of that. It could say that in the instructions up front. But again, you have to look at how it's delivered. If you have to read 20 pages in a manual to understand how to use this app, that may not be the best tool. If you're trying to deliver this in a timely fashion and they're spending hours just figuring out how to open the app and, and get to the workout itself, that could be a, a big challenge, right? And so what I would say is again, looking at all those different types of constraints, are they gonna understand it logically? Are they gonna have any, you know, obviously we're talking about semantics. It, it would it would mean, you know, there's only one logical reason that this, this word is highlighted in the sentence. It's probably because I could click on it or I could wave my mouse over it and, or my finger over it and it, it'll pop up a video. So those kind of things should be um, thought about because I can tell you from my personal experience, when I first started doing this, I didn't want to ever look at any apps. I wanted to do it all myself. And not because I thought I could do a better job, but because I thought that, well, let me put it this way. I thought that the way I was going to write it, the way I wanted to deliver it was in the best, uh, most direct fashion. I didn't think about how the fact that I was very good at Excel and know how to manipulate it and use it and work it that not everybody is. And I, that's something, and this is going back a few years that I kind of took for granted. So I used to love Excel spreadsheets just cause I love using Excel. Um, and I liked that, you know, with, with Google sheets and, and Apple's forms, you know, they all could kind of interlink. If you, if you did basic stuff and didn't do any too advanced functions on there, you could interchange them, uh, amongst each other. And that was very, uh, helpful based on whatever operating system my clients were using. But the one thing that always came back negatively was I would have links to, or I would say in my um, workout on the actual workout plan itself, there'd be spaces to, to enter the weights used in the, you know, RPE scales and things like that. That was all very easily understood. But when I would talk about the conditioning, um, I, I had a lot of my conditioning workouts listed on a separate page and I would just tell them to go to this page and choose these ones or two or whatever it was. And the problem with that obviously became they didn't know where to click to go to that page. There wasn't a clickable button, a link that they could just, oh, click on this page, boom, and then go to it. They had to go down, find the bottom tab, which again, doesn't sound hard, but it's one extra step. So now they're pulling it up on their phone. It's hard to see. They're scrolling through it. They're expanding it just to see, you know, a quarter of the page. They can't see it all in whole. And so again, that started to become relatively cumbersome, right? And I started to realize that, oh, okay, I see. I It makes sense if I'm emailing this to someone and they're pulling it up on their computer but adapting that to their iPhone, it's not as user-friendly as I had hoped it would be. So I go back to, okay, well, if I use one of these other apps, then maybe I could, you know, it'll be a little bit more slick. It'll be a little bit more um, user-friendly and I might have more success. 
So then I started thinking, well, what is the main purpose I'm trying to, to get with my online delivery? In other words, if I buy one of these other programs that's out there, and I'm certainly not saying it's not a good idea or they're not, they're not good, but for me personally, for my clients, for what I want to accomplish, I'm looking at more than just a, um, a delivery system. I want something that's going to be like that, like how they get their workout and put in their information, like their, the weights they used, that's secondary to me. What I'm looking for is a communication device or communication system that's going to allow me to stay in constant contact with my clients because that is where what Chelsea and I do online sets us apart for, for, for others. And I'll, I'll talk more about that in a separate podcast because A, this one's, I think I'm getting close to 30 minutes. Um, and, and two, that's a whole nother topic. But what I've decided to do was, was mix everything together. So I want that convenience of an app. So I've chosen to use the band app. Now, there's an app out there, one of the ones I mentioned earlier before, Train Heroic, that does have like an online leaderboard and a discussion platform that, that the users can use, which I really like. That got me very, very close to what I wanted. But Train Heroic didn't allow me to do a couple other things, which I want to be able to do. And that is simply, when my clients are trying to communicate back and forth with me, I don't want them to have to have 20 different apps. If, if they have their camera phone and they can upload a video right onto the app, and then I can critique it right there on the app, right on the page, on the, the, the post that they sent it to me, that's very quick and easy. It's very intuitive. They just have to open up the app. The only time they're redirected anywhere else is when they go and click on the, the um, uh, uh, workout itself. However, there's been some updates to ban and now I can type it in and they all they have to do is just type in what extra or what um, workouts they use. So I do give them the Excel worksheet that the fully functional worksheet because our fully functional worksheet also comes with um, all of our tracking um, pieces that we've put in there. It comes with um, the uh, what we, we call our grade book. And again, I'll talk more about that in a separate post, but all of our unique things that we do that are all based on Excel and spreadsheets, they still get access to all that. So they can go and click and explore that. And that's something that I think is best used on a PC. But when they're in the gym and they go there, the workout's right there on the app and WordForm tells them exactly what to do. They can just type in the comments, what weights they used. And I, um, we can, we can easily track that. And again, it's, it's not the most slick thing you've ever seen in other words it doesn't have like well it does have graphs on on our goal tracker but you'd have to put it in you'd have to take that and put it into the computer which i know is one extra step but what i found over the years is that the app sometimes can become cumbersome just typing everything in scrolling through typing in if they can just look at it do the workout and then pull it up at the end and just type in the weights they use which is the main thing i want to know and how hard it was I don't have to have places for all that because the way Chelsea and I do our personal training is we're gonna be in communication a lot. And again, I'll talk more about that later. So that functionality was not as important as creating a space where uh, everything can be done. And I can easily input everyone into our big community page where I can do a whole host of things. And that's through the band app. It's just a team management um, 
app that I really have enjoyed. Um, so that's why I chose that. That's why I chose to do it the way I do. Some, some say it's a little bit outdated. Um, some say it's a little clunky. Um, I say if you go to the band app, everything can be done on there. And if you want more, there is way more to it. Um, but it, it, that becomes a personal thing. A lot of the functions on an app that, that you might get, the, the user may not care about. So you're paying for a lot of these things that um, unless you're forcing them to use, there needs to be a reason why they have to use every feature and function on there. And so um, I wanted to save money, but I also wanted to, to have a good product. This looks slick. It's a downloadable app. Everything is delivered through the app, but I create everything on my spreadsheets. They can open the spreadsheets or they could just look at the text on the actual uh, posts that I make for them. It works out really easily. And it takes into consideration a lot of these things, a lot of the logic that goes into it. It's like a text. We're all very familiar with text. This is basically a texting app that I can use to deliver everything I need. Video. Um, face-to-face -face live streaming. I can watch you live work out through the app um, so we don't use data. So all of these things are great. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm rushing to wrap up because I've hit 30 minutes and um, I just know by looking at my stats, you guys tune out after 2025. So hopefully you're still with me and uh, I will kind of follow up with the, how we do it and what exactly we do later this week. Have a good one.